This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Uh, good afternoon. Welcome to another weekday edition of Golf Talk Canada on another gorgeous sunny day in the T-Dot. Another beautiful day for golf. So we hope you're going to get out there and play this week because the weather has just been spectacular. We got a little bit of rain. Oh, just what, a couple nights ago? Just enough to, to give a little uh, a dousing to the golf courses. But boy, this string of weather we're having is just amazing. And I love brown. Brown is beautiful. I love the golf courses firm and fast. And that's what we've got in southern Ontario. And that's what they're going to have this week upcoming in Detroit, as Detroit has had a very similar spring and summer to Toronto. Detroit Golf Club Rocket Mortgage Classic coming up this week on the PGA Tour. It should be brown. It should be bouncing. The classic Donald Ross design going to be another fun week on the PGA Tour. Lots to get to today. Let's bring in our co-host and our friend, Mr. Bob Weeks. Weeksy, what a weekend at the Travelers Championship. I know we're going to break it down a lot an hour or two with Adam Scully, but uh, great to see DJ back in the winner's circle. Historically speaking, some some great historic numbers to put the win in and give it some context. But at the end of the day, even the best in the world need a bounce down the stretch to get it done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought, you know, we've seen DJ blow leads before in lots of tournaments, including major championships. And when he hit that ball out of bounds uh, late on uh, on Sunday, I was thinking, oh, no, please, not not again. Poor DJ. I just think, I'll tell you what, though, the guy has no scar tissue from any of that stuff. It's uh, it's pretty amazing, but uh, nice to see him win. And one of the most interesting, I mean, we'll break it down later, but there's so many interesting stats about how good he is. I would like to point out one thing, though. I think last week, didn't we not give out a trust putter? Yeah, we gave out a trust putter last week. Oh, we seem to have just dropped Bob for a second there. Uh, gave up a trust putter last week, and it was the putter that, uh, that DJ went to to win at the Travelers Championship. So, um, trust putter, obviously, uh, a key. Oh, we got, uh, we have Bob back. Yeah, I was, see, I was, I was wondering if you wanted to go and check and see if maybe that, uh, it was DJ who won it. Was he, did he put his name in? <laughs> he, <laughs> uh, no, it was not, but he won with it, to your point, Bob. And uh, we're going to break that down yeah. a lot in the second hour today. We'll take a look back with Adam. We'll actually hear from DJ from Sunday night's post-victory uh, audio, talk about some of the keys to Bob's point statistically. And historically, man, there are some numbers that jump out of the page with this victory uh, for Dustin Johnson. But so much to get to today. Uh, another one bites the dust. CP Women's Open. The plug was just pulled moments ago by Golf Canada. CEO uh, of Golf Canada, Lawrence Applebaum, going to join Bob and I coming up here momentarily to talk about how this came about. And again, Bob, I think we're kind of back to uncertainty with the borders, uncertainty with travel, quarantine periods, making sure that this is the, you know, a CP Women's Open that, that deserves to be called that. The field deserves to be called that. And unfortunately, with, with border uncertainties, you just don't know. Um, we're going to do stardom sit em because obviously we've been having a lot of fun with stardom sit em on the um on our fantasy picks Bryson DeChambeau was my pick last week he had an okay outing 
He leads the power rankings as we head into the uh, Detroit uh, Golf Club for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We'll be curious to see if Bob or Adam go with uh, Bryson DeChambeau as their pick this week. Kyle McFarlane will be by from Golf Ontario an hour or two. Golf Ontario, this is a great program we're going to jump into. Youth on Course is expanding their program in Canada and, and right here in Ontario with four divisions which will allow young players to access green fees for $5. There's 1,400 golf courses across North America and four regions in Ontario where if you have a kid looking to play the game of golf, uh, they can access golf for $5. Great program. We'll jump into that. Winners, weird and what? So much to get to, but let's hit it with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. All right, Bob, the, uh, right out of the gates there, uh, CP Women's Open. It's our lead. We will talk to Lawrence momentarily, but to me, I guess, really, there, there's just no choice here. We've kind of waited to the, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, the 11th hour, and we'll confirm this with Lawrence uh, coming up in our next segment, but you know, we have waited to the 11th hour uh, where they have to make a decision whether to move forward or not. And right now, with the uncertainties on border crossing and really forget let's 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 just not even acknowledge the fact right now that Canada and US go traveling and trending in, in completely uh different trajectories when it comes to this uh pandemic and virus uh i guess the writing was on the wall yeah i think it's the same thing that really took down the RBC Canadian Open the Shaw Charity Classic the McKenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada uh, you know, when you have to come across in quarantine 14 days before you can go outside and hit a golf shot, makes it very difficult. Now, that order is only in place technically until July 21st, uh, but there's already talk that it'll probably be extended. And I, and I don't think um, if you're trying to plan for a golf tournament, you can kind of hedge your bets and hope that they're going to lift it in time for September. So uh, this was inevitable. This is not a shock, not a big surprise, and yet it is still quite disappointing. Yes. Again, it's stuff we know is coming. We know it's it's inevitable for all the reasons you outlined, and I'm sure Lawrence will get into a little deeper with us. But um, it just feels again one more notch on the wall to the lost year that is 2020, and it's uh, it, it's uh, it's getting harder it seems as it goes. Although uh, life is starting to open up a little bit, we're seeing uh, other parts of the world uh, not exactly gain the traction on this virus that we thought they were going to gain. And unfortunately, that's going to prevent us uh, from opening up a little bit as a continent here as we move forward. Bob, as I as I get ready to leave for Detroit in the morning, that's a whole other story. Okay, Fox. This one caught me off guard, Bob. I don't know. First off, I, I, I want to know your initial reaction when you first heard it. Uh, but Fox, out of their contract with the USGA, uh, it was a monster contract uh, for a 12-year deal with the USGA. They are let out of the last seven years of their deal. Uh, NBC Golf Channel will pick up the remaining seven years and uh, get back really the broadcast that, that was their anchor broadcast for many years prior to Fox jumping in here. And this strikes me odd by a, a bunch of different ways, Bob. We knew Fox wasn't happy with the current relationship, the way things were going, but we all thought Fox was getting better at broadcasting golf. The other rumor on the street was that Fox felt that the only way to get better at this and the only way to, to make that a successful uh, broadcast 
uh, property was to do more golf. And, and I know that they were on the, in, in on the bidding for the PGA Tour rights the last go around and came up short. So I'm wondering if, if them not being able to pick up more golf contributed to this decision. Obviously, the economic environment right now due to the pandemic would contribute to this decision. But the head scratcher for me, and one of the first things I thought of, and this is why I asked you this question, NBC and Golf Channel just not just announced last week two massive slashings to their workforce, layoffs in two phases, yet they had the money to pony up to alleviate Fox from this U.S. Open, USGA deal. I don't like the optics on that, Bob. <laughs> I'm sure if you're an employee at uh, Golf Channel who's fighting for the job, yeah, you would, you'd look at it and be a little bit quizzical. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons in here. Uh, you know, the short-term one is obviously that this year the um, the U.S. Open is going to conflict with NFL football. So I don't think they wanted to have that because we know what, uh, what Fox's uh, main sport is when it comes to that. But I... I think, yeah, I think this was kind of a deal where they said we're we're we either got to be all in or all out. And uh, when they didn't get a nod on the PGA Tour contract, the latest contract that came up, I think they just said let's cut our cut our bait. The, the interesting question for me is, you know, this was a big money grab for the USGA, and I wonder what what's coming of that now. Like, I understand that that NBC is going to play pay about half of what happens. So that's, does that mean Fox has to pick up the 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 bottom half of the billion dollar contract that they signed this is an important important thing for the usga in terms of their finances because they laid some people off last year as well so uh there's all sorts of uh inner dealings that i think have yet to come out they probably will at some point but the bottom line for me is that i think i think nbc does a good job with the broadcast so i don't think we'll have anything lacking i was i was intrigued by how some of the steps that Fox made with their broadcast, though, and I thought they were coming a long way, but uh, we'll see. Uh, it, it'll feel like sort of slipping on some old comfortable shoes when, when NBC starts it up again this September. Harris English, the latest to test a positive uh, for COVID-19. So Harris English obviously not in the field this week. And tighter measures this week for the first time on the PGA Tour. This is a reaction to... Uh, some of the positive tests that they have had over the first three weeks of the reboot. Unlike previous weeks, where a player could practice and enter the bubble, for lack of a better term, while awaiting a test result, now a player, caddy, trainer, etc., will not be allowed into the bubble until they have received a negative result, Bob. Yeah, and, I, I you know, this one... This one sort of seemed very obvious to me in terms of like let's let's wait till the player is um, is is tested negative before we let him in there. I mean, let, think of what's happened in terms of the withdrawals because of players playing with other players in practice rounds, right? I mean, we had a caddy last week and uh, uh, a bunch of players ended up withdrawing because they were playing in that same group, and so this this just sort of confused me as to why this wasn't done from day one. To be perfectly honest with you. But um, you know they're they're massaging, they're they're fine tuning these protocols as they go. Um, no no caddies now on, even standing on the putting greens, so it's even little things like that might make a difference. The big scheme of things, we've had seven positive tests in. Uh, now we're going into our fourth week. Uh, it's still 
a, just a drop in the bucket compared to a lot of other places, a lot of other sports. And as I said to someone the other day, I said, would you rather go out on be on the PGA Tour or be in a nail salon in Kingston right now? So there's, uh, there's, they're, they're, they're pretty safe when it comes right down to it. Uh, you hit, for me, Bob, you hit the nail on the head in that entire summary. And my initial reaction was, I, they're not doing this already. This seemed to be a no-brainer for me. What, you know, This is just going to make it even more buttoned down. The fact that you can't get in the bubble until you test negative, to me, absolute no-brainer. And uh, in closing here, Bob, were you watching the Corn Ferry Tour on Sunday night? Yes, I was. <laughs> and cheering. <laughs> how, how cool a story. Almost a, a brilliant fairy tale ending to the career of Daniel Summerhays, who was... You know, a longtime player on the regular tour, now Corn Ferry Tour, announced his retirement this week. He is leaving professional golf and that his last event would be the uh, Utah Classic on the um, on the Corn Ferry Tour, which was played at a golf course that he grew up playing junior golf at and wanted to go out on, on that golf course, kind of a hometown kind of send off here for Daniel Summerhays. He goes out early on Sunday, shoots 62, and finds himself waiting around all day, ends up going out in a torrential downpour in a three-man playoff. Doesn't get it done, Bob, but what a story that would have been. It was really, really cool to watch him down there. He's, of course, um, born and bred in Utah and and the hometown boy. And just, boy, it just looked like it was going to come for the dream come true, the whole thing. Just one little putt that uh, broke a little bit left instead of a little bit right at the very end, and uh, he's he missed out. But what a still a pretty good way to go out. Pretty pretty classy guy as well, Daniel Summerhays. So nice to see him uh, wrapping up his career. He's going to be a high school teacher and uh, and a co- golf coach at the school. So that's kind of a neat transition as well. Yeah, uh, that is a very neat transition. And good luck to Daniel, the rest of the way, and his family. And congratulations on a very solid over overall, very solid career. Okay, on the other side. CEO of Golf Canada, Lawrence Applebaum. We have pulled the plug officially on the CP Women's Open. We will talk to Lawrence about that. We'll also talk some good news. I want to get Lawrence's take on uh, the participation of golf in the country of Canada and the type of people we are seeing come back to the game. That has to be encouraging from a Golf Canada perspective. So, yes, there's a little half empty, but there's certainly some half full as well. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back. Another weekday edition of Golf Talk Canada on a glorious Tuesday. What a wonderful day to play golf again in the Toronto area. I'm sure the weather is great all over the province. 
Well, more bad news. Uh, not to be unexpected, as Bob outlined off the top of the show, we we're kind of all awaiting this. And But just because you're awaiting it doesn't mean that it is uh, not uh, any easier to accept or any easier to accept once you actually get the news. It was slated uh, to take place at the end of August into September, uh, 31st of September 6th to be exact, at Shaughnessy Golf Club in Vancouver. It will now be postponed and welcome back next year between the dates of August 23rd and August 29th of 2021. We're referring to the CP Women's Open. It will go the same route as the RBC Canadian Open. And joining us now on the heels of this announcement, CEO of Golf Canada, Mr. Lawrence Applebaum. L.A., how are you, sir, my friend? We'll start there. We'll start with the you know, the immediate news before we get to a lot of the cap, uh, cup half full stuff for the game of golf right now in the country. But first off, how are you? And secondly, um, how far did you kind of wait this out or push this back? As Bob and I were talking off the top, Lawrence, we just figured at, at, at some point you just can't wait on the unknown anymore and a decision needs to be made. Well, th- thank you, Mark. And it, it's great to... Uh find uh, that you have time to have me on thank you bob and and thank you uh producer scully um you know we've got a lot of uh some real positive things that are going on in golf right now but just as you said mark it's the unfortunate reality of the pandemic that we're dealing with and um it's an absolutely it's a gutting day for our team and our partners at cp the lpga tour and our friends at shaughnessy because we've been working so hard and, and, and for so long. And uh, although it's uh, although it's not going to happen in 20, we're very encouraged by the fact that it will be postponed to 2021 and that all of our partners have really doubled down in their intensity and their love for, for having this event at Shaughnessy in 2021. So, so as you said, Mark, uh, it's half full. It's a sad day and especially our team, uh, our team feels it and, I know our athletes are feeling it. Uh, they love to play. They love to play on the Canadian stage, and they love to play in front of our fans. And uh, it just won't happen in, in 2020, sadly. Lawrence, it's uh, it, you know when it, it's just such a sad day on on as this kind of completes everything, right? I mean, there's there the, the the competitive golf landscape is pretty barren on here. But as you said, there are some silver linings, and that everyone is sort of on board for next year, whether it be St. George's or or Shaughnessy, or the amateur championships and things. So what's what's the message you send out to Canadian golfers who are obviously disappointed at, at either being able to go to or to watch on television these championships? Well, uh, I saw the announcement by by TSN um, that on Canada Day we'll be, we'll be replaying some of the greatest moments in sports history, and, uh, and that will include the, the 2018 CP Women's Open uh, championship won by uh, Brooke Henderson and it really has been one of the incredible moments for for me personally and for Golf Canada in our career to see what Brooke has done um, in such a young such a young age and in the early part of her career how how much she has rallied the Canadian fan the sports fan and Canadians into watching her and so it's it it really is sad that um, the live sports and uh, international live sports in particular have been so affected by this. 
So I think the message, Bob, and it's one that you and Mark have been telling for a long time now, the silver lining of this is golf is on, and it is a spot of, of normalcy. It is a beacon of opportunity and hope that we are recovering, and, and our country has done a wonderful job, and in particular, British Columbia has done a wonderful job in having that normalcy return and we think about all those people who've been really affected, especially health-wise and frontline staff, medical health, frontline workers. But golf is, has, has risen out of this tough moment has been one thing that we all look forward to and seeing people smiles on their faces they're playing. Uh, I, I know there's a match going on right now over at our friends at TPC Toronto that uh, is absolutely <laughs> providing some smiles right now. Isn't it good to see another lefty, guys, uh, having some, <laughs> some, some highs and lows out there? So, uh, Always. We, we really are. I know how hard you both are working, um, but it is a moment for golf um, and, and helping us to recover. We're with Lawrence Applebaum, CEO of Golf Canada. Okay, Lawrence, I'm going to pick it up there and switch the gears on this uh, because, listen, there's a lot of people around the world right now not having the conversation we just had where – their, their sponsors aren't with them, and their volunteers aren't with them, and their golf course venues and, and member committees at clubs aren't with them. And it's not just golf. It's other industries. So a year from now, Golf Canada and our championships is in a, are in a really amazing place, and that's a blessing. So let, that's the narrative for me. So in that, in that lane, Lawrence... You and I, you know, when this was all going down, I, I was, you know, one of those people saying, I think a golf course might be one of the safest places uh, you might be able to be. And, and I'm hoping golf can be a leader and I'm hoping golf can thrive. I never anticipated this. I never anticipated uh, not being able to get a tea time in the city of Toronto. Private clubs seeing a, an influx of memberships that they haven't seen in years. Families coming back to the game. I am shocked by by the the participation level. So, question to you: Is it as surprising to you to the level that that it has popped and the participation? And part two to this question: We saw this back with Tiger Woods, uh, you know, in the late you know ninety seven, ninety eight, etc. And a lot of those players came to golf and they went, "Wow, this is nothing like I see on TV." And they never came back to the game. They tried it and they walked away. I've got a different feeling this time because of the type of people, the families, the kids, etc. It's a different type of growth, a different consumer. I'm actually really hopeful that we can hold on to these. And who knows? I know this sounds ridiculous, but five years from now, when we look at the growth and the participation at the amateur level in Canada, we might look back and go, COVID might, might have been the best thing in the world to get clubs in kids' hands. Well, uh, as always, you pack a lot into a, into a into a question, and you pack a lot into a small frame. You know, that's, I've always said that about you, Mark. Uh, that's always, that's start, start by saying um, your first uh, part of that, which was about sort of the ongoing partnership as we roll this forward, and I think it's r really a, a great lead for um, to be able to roll into 2021 with uh, with Canadian Pacific Railways. Uh, as one of the iconic Canadian companies who are uh, moving Canada, motivating Canada, literally and figuratively, they've just been an incredible partner in supporting not only women's women's golf, 
but in also um, cardiac health and especially pediatric cardiac health, kids, heart health. And, and they've given uh, well over well over $12 million uh, since the time that we've participated with them to cardiac health units across our country, um, uh, whether that's in uh, Chio Hospital uh, outside of Ottawa or um, sick kids in Toronto or Southlake in Newmarket or the BC Hospital in Vancouver. Um, that, that's just amazing that their commitment to it. And along with our other partners, you talk about the LPGA Tour and Shaughnessy Golf Club um, and our friends uh, at RBC, uh, the largest uh, supporter and investor in golf in this country, to see RBC and what they're doing uh, in the women's game, in the men's game, in amateur golf, uh, and their continued support is, is, is incredible. But to your question, Mark, or your comment about a growth, um, it is happening, and and it's interesting the conversations that a lot of us have been having with folks who, uh, l- let's say that the guys who get together for their softball teams in the summer, unfortunately, aren't able to do that. The kids' camps that were doing a volleyball camp and, and have been unable to do that, they're coming to golf, and golf has found a way to create a safe environment to create a way for people to come to the golf course and be able to tell their families and their friends that they're doing it in a safe way, a responsible way. Kudos to the operators who are working tirelessly. I know they're working some very long days right now to keep um, people safe, people healthy, keep the golf courses in shape, opening up more and more services. And people are just playing a lot. They're, they're working from home. They're playing more. Uh, I don't have final figures for you for the month of June because we're last day, but June 2020 is going to go down as one of the most heavily played golf uh, months in recorded history. We're playing at an unprecedented rate, and we're doing so in a way that is probably helping to heal heal the country in, in some small way. You know, I don't want to overstate it. But... It's interesting. We've, we've had a couple really interesting weeks. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the LPGA Tour on their return um, in Ohio later in July. Uh, the, the PGA Tour has shown that it can do so in a really safe way and, and really thinking about fans, players, uh, partners uh, all together. So there's lots of great stuff. And I know you yourself, Mark, um, you're getting ready to, 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 to get back on, a, on, on the road and hopefully that, that um, you'll feel comfortable and, uh, and that everyone around you will also feel comfortable. So lots of great things ahead, Mark. Oh, sorry. I thought Bob was uh, jumping in for oh, one more there. My apologies. Sorry, sorry Robert. Uh, all right. Sorry, uh, Lawrence, I didn't mean to leave you hanging with that dead air there. And uh, I always make people feel uncomfortable on the road. So that's uh, (laughs) L.A., I missed the invite. My apologies. I know we got the rain out on the Tuesday, and I know Bob and I couldn't do the make update on the Wednesday, but I know you upgraded uh, with Lindsay Hamilton, replacing both Bob and I. Uh, So, And Scully was out there hitting bombs at Glen Abbey. So I really hope that – when I'm back on the other side of Detroit, um, we can uh, we can play, get out and play some golf together. Well, I'll tell you, uh, we have our 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 folks out in the field, you know, following you guys, knowing where you're playing, knowing what you're doing, and I know that, <laughs> that uh, obviously using your Golf Canada app, 
we're, we're getting an unprecedented amount of scores being posted. And, and I'm glad to, to report to the listenership that both your handicaps are going in the right way. We're seeing uh, smaller and smaller numbers, and uh, I, I, w- I will, I will, you know, personal shout out to to Bob Weeks. You know, um, uh, my mother, who's who's uh, who's in a, a nursing home, a retirement home, I should say, and she's doing well. But they've been under lockdown. She's watched more of of that silky left-handed swing from Bob Weeks. She said that that gentleman he must seems like a very nice guy. I said absolutely. Good thing you never see where the ball goes. Good thing you never see where the ball goes. Uh, it's the magic of television, gentlemen. The magic of television. So uh, I, I will tell you, um, we are so excited to welcome um, everybody back to Shaughnessy to welcome TSN, our, our great partner in the broadcast. And both of you, uh, uh, back in 2021, it'll be a, it'll be an epic championship. And I will just tell you that Lindsay Hamilton did have multiple multiple looks at birdie, handful of pars, and uh, she she did TSN proud by by showing Scully uh, you know strength on the TSN team. So <laughs> thank you both guys. Lawrence, thanks. thanks so much, and uh, I'm sure we'll touch base very soon. Stay safe and. Uh, and enjoy your summer. Lawrence Applebaum, CEO of Golf Canada, joining us. On the other side, stardom sit'em. Who do we like? Who do we don't? Detroit Rocket Mortgage Classic. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. All right, guys, let's switch gears now. We're going to welcome in Adam Scully, master producer. He joins Weeksy and I. As we get ready for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, Detroit Rock City, Detroit Golf Club. And it's uh, we're kind of maybe, guys, going a little bit uh, back to, you know, where we were for the reboot at Colonial. This is an old Donald Ross golf course. Uh, it's going to be firm. It's going to be fast. You're going to see some brown, which we haven't seen in a couple of weeks. It is... Um, a bit of an old school track, but there is certainly some wiggle room off the tee for sure. And maybe, maybe this is going to look a little bit more like we saw at Colonial. Uh, Adam, let's start with you. First off, welcome in on today's show. And uh, thanks, fellas. Let's start with the the stardom. Let's go cup half full. Who you like in this week and why? Who you sending out there? Well, first of all, it was great to have Lawrence Applebaum on the show, and he was hitting some silky smooth draws last week at Glen Abbey. Obviously, some tough news for the CP Women's Open, but as he was saying, and as you guys were talking about, glass half full, the month of June has been just unbelievable for golf in country and participation rates. So congratulations to all those playing golf, and good luck in the summer as you continue to play, and hopefully 
get better. Now on to stardom Sidham. I am starting this week Terrell Hatton. In his last five starts, he has four top six finishes, including two victories. Of course, he's coming off the T3 at the RBC Heritage. His strokes gained approach to green this season on the PGA Tour. Pretty good. First, strokes gained putting. Second, strokes gained total. First, I'm expecting another good week out of Terrell Hatton. And I'm also expecting this week to be another birdie fest. And in four of his worldwide victories, Terrell Hatton has shot 20 under or better to win. Bob, who are you thinking for stardom set Who are you starting? Well, I, w- I had a couple of different choices here, and I was kind of trying to narrow it down. But I think I'm going to go with, with, uh, with Doc Redman, who... Uh, it's a little bit off, I know, right? A little bit off the uh, thing. He played great here like last it. year, Bob. He That's what I was just going to say. He played last year. He was runner-up here last year, and that got him his card uh, for the season. So I, I think he's uh, he's done well. He's got a couple of top 25 starts so far. So I'm kind of just hedging a bet that he might have a little bit of a breakthrough here come, coming uh, to a place where he's had some positive mojo. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit more on the board this year. A gentleman that will be in one of the feature groups, and for all I know, I might even be with him Thursday in our play-by-play coverage. I'm going with uh, world number seven, Patrick Reed. Uh, I think we're going to see a version of Patrick Reed we saw a, a, a closer to, we saw at Colonial, where at the Charles Schwab Challenge, he finished uh, T7 after four rounds in the 60s. He misses the cut at Heritage, but bounces back with a decent start last week in a T24. So not threatening to win, but certainly playing some solid golf. But I think this is more a Patrick Reed golf course uh, than what we've seen basically since we started the reboot. I think Detroit Golf Club, his kind of golf course, you don't need to be a bomber off the tee. Uh, Reed did well here last year. Again, the horses for courses narrative finishing a T5 position last year. I think Patrick Reed's going to have a solid week. Statistically, guys, right now, Patrick Reed, he's doing everything well. Nothing leaping out of the page. Nothing saying, oh, this is something Patrick Reed is better that uh, better than anybody else in the world. But he is not on the negative side of any vital statistic either. He is just solid across the board, and he's fifth this year on tour in birdie average. So if Adam Scully is correct, then we are heading for another birdie barrage. Being fifth in birdie average isn't going to hurt Patrick Reed. Okay, Skulls, flip side of that coin, my friend. Who are you putting on the bench this week? Okay, sitting this week, I'm picking the defending champion, Nate Lashley. Of course, one of the better stories on the PGA Tour. Came out of nowhere to win this tournament in 2019. But out of the gate, during this COVID-19 restart, he has struggled with two missed cuts. Opening rounds have been his demise thus far. Yeah, as I mentioned before, I think it's going to be another shootout. And for Nate Lashley, he's 154th in greens and regulation this season. I am choosing to sit Nate Lashley. Bob, who are you sitting this week? Uh, I'm going to sit last week's big surprise story in Will Gordon. I think that, um, you know, he delivered a big surprise to a lot of us last week. And I think the fact that he is kind of overwhelmed that he's got his special temporary membership and, you know, I think life has just changed for him. I'm not sure how much time he's had to focus on what's going to happen uh, at his first tour stop as a special temporary member. So I'm going to sit him on the bench and, um, and let him uh, enjoy last week's uh, success before he goes on to play some of the game, the golf like he did last week. 
Yeah, that was a, a, a great story this week from the traveler, certainly. But you're right, Bob. Sometimes when you have a, a life-changing week, uh, there is an exhale and, and an emotional letdown from that where you need to like recharge, refocus from. And that could mean uh, very much 36 and out at Detroit Golf Club. We'll see. Uh, we'll be, be curious to follow that story. Okay, I'm sitting, guys, this week, Jason Day. And you know I love mm. Jason Day. Big fan of Jason Day's. Uh, but at what point does the narrative stop about Jason Day's back and this become uh, being a back issue and being uh, his skills set is just not there right now and he's just not playing well? And I'll throw it at you for one number and one reason only. We can talk about the back all we want, but Jason Day is one of the greatest putters of the last two decades in the game of golf. Of this century, he would be in the top five putters of this century on the PGA Tour. Currently, 154th. In strokes game putting at minus .147, 154th in strokes game putting for one of the best putters I've ever seen. This is more than just a back conversation now with Jason Day. His last three starts from the reboot, miscut, miscut, T46 at the Travelers. Guys, I'm worried about Jason Day. I'm worried this is not uh, turning around anytime soon. I hope I am wrong. Okay, Scully, you're going to be back in hour two. We're going to dive deeper into Dustin Johnson, mm -hmm. and we're going to dive deeper into winners, weird, and what from the week of golf. But on the other side, Bob and I, we're going to get you caught up on 20 weeks of TaylorMade and all things GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Tuesday edition. Busy hour two coming up for you. Winners, weird or what? We're going to hear from Dustin Johnson, who closed out his 21st career victory at the Travelers Championship this week. And we have Kyle McFarland from Golf Ontario with the Yusong Course Program. Perfect timing for that program with the, just the boom in participation that Lawrence Applebaum was touching on earlier in the show. Uh, what a better chance now to take advantage of kids wanting to play golf with a program that gets them $5 green fees. Well done there. You know, Bob, I am off to Detroit tomorrow, going back to work. And, okay, well, question for you. So last night I'm watching the uh, fake Fox News Network, fake news uh, Fox Network. And then I was flipping back and forth between fake Fox News and the Clinton News Network, CNN. <laughs> So between the Clinton News Network and Fake News Fox, they were showing the maps of the COVID map where all the states that are lit up. Michigan's lit up pretty pretty hot right now, uh, considering they're a northern state, not Arizona, Florida, etc. And Ohio didn't look too bad, but it certainly wasn't trending in the right direction. So my question for you is two weeks from now, the tour will be 
And in fact, it starts next week in Columbus, Ohio, but two weeks from now, it will also be in Columbus, Ohio, which is scheduled to be the first event with spectators on the ground. 8,000 tickets reportedly being issued daily for the memorial at Jack's Place at Columbus, Ohio. By the time we get to Columbus for week two of the memorial, do you think we're still having spectators or do you think they've pulled the plug on that? Um, without trying to disparage an entire country, I don't know what to think of what's going on down there, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> you know, it uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they try to do it with spectators. And, and maybe they've got a way, you know, that's going to make sense for them. I, I, I've sort of read a little bit about what they're trying to do, and it would be almost like, uh, almost like the, if you've ever gone to Disneyland and you've gone through the, the way they take people into rides, you know, they have sort of a snaked uh, one line kind of deal. So you're not standing next to the person right beside you or right behind you or right in front of you. So maybe they maybe they've got something, but it just seems to be really uh, uh, an optimistic scenario right now. And, and to be perfectly honest, I'm a little surprised the PGA Tour is kind of going ahead with it. I thought they might just sort of sit with what they've got. They've had pretty good success, you know, only seven cases so far out of uh, hundreds and hundreds of tests, thousands of tests. So who knows? It's, it's going to be interesting to see how they pull it off if they try to do it. Yeah, it's interesting to me why, I guess, is the question I, I ask. Is, you know, is 8,000 people sprinkled over a golf course going to change the environment, the atmosphere, the financial uh, numbers of, of whether a tournament is a success or a loss? The answer is no. Without large corporate events, 20, 30, 40,000 tickets, the bottom line number is not going to look the same with 8,000 well-spread out sprinkled people. So I guess my question, Bob, is, is really why? Why add another unknown element, another element that you are, you know, I don't want to say unable to control, but certainly is outside your bubble, uh, for lack of a better term, what's the point? Is it the point to just say, look, we did it. Look, there's a way of doing it. Is that the motivation here? Is the motivation to show that it can be done? I, I, that, that would be my question. I think it's a, you know, it's a test trial. Let's see, let's see what we can do. Can we make it, can we make this work? Somebody has obviously come up with an idea. Somebody's come up with some protocols. Um, if, you know, from what I understand, there's going to be people are going to be like, it sounds like they're going to be hosed down before they come in through the gates kind of thing. <laughs> Where we take a take a sanitizer bath or something. So maybe they found a way and, and this is something they want to try before the season ends to see if it is possible in some way, shape or form to get some people back to watching golf. But I, I think it just heightens the risk level a little bit more when you probably at this point don't need to do it. Well, that's what I, that, and that's my point. Why, why bother yeah. taking that risk when, when you don't really need it? It's not really going to benefit much. I know it's a trial run, but to me, it's a little too early in the game to be playing around uh, with trial runs. Okay, uh, if you like our video podcast, it drops every Wednesday. So check out Bob and myself and Adam on our Golf Talk Canada video podcast every Wednesday afternoon on tsn.ca. Uh, and we will do that video podcast almost directly right up to the end of the month as we will get ready then for the return to Golf Talk Canada television. So once we're back to TV, video podcast will uh, take a hiatus. 
uh, Golf Talk Canada TV. We're actually coming back on radio TV, which is a first for us, which was something we were going to do throughout the entire year on Golf Talk Canada as we celebrate our 10th anniversary here on Golf Talk Canada. But better late than never. Uh, two hours every Saturday morning starting August 1st. So every Saturday morning starting August 1st for two hours, we will simulcast Golf Talk Canada Radio on TSN2. Two hours of live Golf Talk Canada Talk TV every Saturday morning. And then Bob and I will be back midweek for our weekly television program. Bob, we're starting with the PGA Championship Preview Special. Of course, it's going to be heavy duty for you and I. We've got PGA Championship, FedEx Cup Playoffs, U.S. Open, maybe a Ryder Cup in there as well. And, of course, a couple other sprinkled events in there in between all that, the Wyndham Championship, the Safeway Open. So lots of golf being played throughout August, September. And, of course, Bob and I then return for the, the Masters. Do you think we'll be at Augusta, Bob? Do you think we will be on the ground? What, what's your gut tell you right now? That's a long time away. It is November. But I wonder, I wonder if we'll be on the ground for Augusta. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I'm going to. Uh, I I was. I'm pretty optimistic in some way, shape, or form. We will be. And I I sold someone the other day. I think that if if there's any tournament we go to before the end of the year, at least me, you're going. You're going tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but if there's any tournament that I go to before the end of the year, I think it'll be that. I've been to. I've been to a lot of major championships. I got a streak right now. The last major I missed was the 2009 uh, British Open Open Championship, which was a bad one to miss. That's the one that Tom Watson almost won. But my record will uh, will come to an end in a couple of weeks at the PGA Championship. But um, yeah, I I think uh, I think I, I'm going to say stay positive and say yes, we'll be at Augusta. Well, that, that's great. I hope you're right, and I'm upset about your streak coming to an end, Bob. And I was hopeful that maybe they would figure out a way to get you there for for August, but not looking so good. The good news is you'll be able to be in studio for all our shows with uh, with Adam and I. So that's uh, yes. that is a yes. bonus. All right, on the other side, kicking off Hour 2. What a great program. Uh, youth, uh, on course, uh, youth on Course is expanding in Ontario. Kyle McFarland from Golf Ontario was uh, behind the scenes working very hard on this program. And we're going to speak to Kyle coming up next. And if you have a child who, who wants to play golf, who is already playing golf, you want access to a great program, Kyle's going to tell you about it and how to get your child involved coming up on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Ready to trade the snow shovel for a 7-iron? Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to plan your golf vacation getaway today. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. Stay tuned for 60 more minutes of GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Tuesday edition. Don't forget, we're back Thursday, same time slot, 12 to 2 Eastern. I actually won't be here. It'll be an all-scully weeksy edition as I will be efforting for the first time since the reboot at Detroit Golf Club doing play-by-play for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. So thanks to Adam and Bob for taking the wheel on that one. Okay, last week... Great program announced an expansion of a program called Youth on Course with Golf Ontario and Golf Canada. Our next guest was grinding it out behind the scenes to get this done, and and it's great timing. Welcoming now uh, Kyle McFarland to Golf Talk Canada. uh, Kyle, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with Bob and I. Before we jump into exactly what the program is and $5 green fees and how we access all that, can you tell our audience a little bit about who Youth on Course is and what they do? Yeah, sure. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, we're super excited to to be part of this expansion. Um, piloted last year in Alberta with the Alberta well, with Alberta Golf, uh, bringing it to Ontario this year. Youth on Course uh, started uh, in Northern California, actually, um, as a small initiative to to get more access, more affordable golf to, to kids in the area. And since then, it's grown uh, exponentially, 29 different states and provinces um, and, you know, over 1,300 participating golf courses now in North America. So I think that, you know, the expansion to Ontario, obviously, uh, is super exciting uh, for us, uh, for our facilities, and couldn't come at a better time to be honest with you, with uh, with the boom that we're seeing right now in in participation um, and, and and kids looking for those you know opportunities to, to stay active when other sports aren't aren't happening for them. So so if I'm a youth, <laughs> I'm a, I gather it's for six to eighteen. Tell me what I get. How does this help me? What do I do yeah. if I want to go out and play golf? Yeah. So essentially, what it comes down to is a membership with. Um, the provincial and national association. So any golfer under the age of 18, between 6 and 18, is automatically a member of Youth on Course if they've joined Golf Ontario, Golf Canada. Uh, so an annual membership dues, 365-day membership, $49.95. Um, sign up with Golf, uh, with Golf Ontario, Golf Canada. And as a result, you become a member of Youth on Course. And, you know, essentially... Once they're members, they've got a digital membership card. They walk into one of our participating facilities. Um, they show their membership card, and their green fee is $5. Um, and it doesn't matter what course, what youth on course particip- uh, course they go into, uh, it's, it's a $5 green fee for, for anybody who's a member. Um, so great way uh, to offer affordable golf, accessible golf, and keep these kids active uh, during this crazy environment we're living in right now. We're with Kyle McFarland from Golf Ontario. Kyle, uh, Niagara-Hamilton, Durham, Simcoe, Dufferin, and Ottawa Valley are the four designated regions. Obviously, I'm I'm hoping anyway that our community uh, buys into this more. We're we're able to open up other pockets in Ontario and in Canada because it is such a great program. And and like you say, the timing um, couldn't be better. Uh, if they go to the Golf Ontario website, is there a list of participating courses? How do they identify what golf clubs, what courses they can play? 
Yeah, so, I mean, the easiest way to get all that information is to go to youthoncourse.ca, and that will take you to uh, a microsite for for Ontario um, that actually has a list of the golf courses. It has a link to the registration. It gives all the information for parents and families to get registered and to get the kids uh, in the program. Um, to your point, I mean, we're, we're focused in these four areas. Uh, we've got 18 facilities signed up. Um, we're, you know, expansion is eminent. I think that, you know, we've already heard from a number of golf courses in the rest of the province. And listen, there's no limit to those four areas. I mean, if golf courses want to get involved, um, we're happy to have, you know, more facilities involved this year. Uh, we've got marketing budget that we're putting in behind it. And, you know, in this first year, uh, it was targeted for those four areas just because of, you know, the, the sheer, you know, magnitude of what resources we had available. But we would be able to, you know, expand to courses all across Ontario for those that are interested in it. Um, it's a great program. I know inventory is tight at golf courses these days, but I think that, you know, for those that are looking to just get some more younger blood at the facility, it's a great program to, to offer that first exposure to the club. Kyle, one of the things that uh, that I did when I was first starting off, and you don't see it much anymore, but is is caddying. And I noticed in the in the brief here that there are some possible possible. There might be some possibilities where kids get involved by by being caddies on on certain courses. Do you know much more about that? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, at first, I think that you know our goal here in Ontario, and, and it's kind of a stage and approach for for all youth on course participating regions, so states and 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 provinces is to get off the ground first with the green fees. Um, and so the next phase of this is the introduction of caddy programs and introduction of scholarship programs. Um, and, and Youth on Course as an, as, a, as an association has been unbelievable to work with. Um, their support is second to none. And I think that you know we'll look to expand those programs, including the caddy program into the future. Uh, working with facilities uh, in Ontario, uh, once that you know, once we get this sort of initial phase uh, off the ground and, and rolling, um, there's huge opportunity, Bob. And I mean, the the uh, the whole foundation of this obviously is to you know provide accessible and affordable golf for new golfers, and that's youth, that's the female population, that's the underrepresented populations, getting them to the golf course, letting them have that experience land to swing a club and actually, you know, play around a golf. Um, and, and I think that, you know, we look at it as a great transition for, you know, current programs that are in place, whether it be FutureLink to learn to play, whether it be golf in schools, all those programs are great to get a club in, in the kids' hands. And, and this Youth on Course program just gets them to the golf course to let them try it out and try their hand at playing around. If you have a child, boy or girl, between the ages of 6 and 18, sign them up at Golf Ontario. Get them registered at Golf Ontario. They are automatically then registered for youthoncourse.ca, youthoncourse.ca. Check it out. Nearly 1,400 participating golf courses at $5 green fees. More to come. Kyle, congratulations on a great program. Also, congratulations on the reboot of your championship schedule, which in a month's time, uh, funny enough, kicks off with the Ontario Junior Boys Championship July 27th. So lots still to come for Golf Ontario for the year. Thanks for the time, and, and, and congratulations. And again, the timing on this is just perfect. Thanks again, guys. Really appreciate the time with you guys. And like I said, if anybody wants to sign up, it's 
youthoncourse.ca is the URL, and all the information is there for them. Thanks again. Kyle McFarland, Golf Ontario. On the other side, Skelly jumps in with Bob and I. What is the historical... Uh, what, where historically does Dustin Johnson's victory come this week? There are some crazy numbers that popped out uh, from DJ, not just for the four days playing, but also where this stands and lines up career-wise with some other pretty big names. Yes, it's just the Travelers Championship, as they say, but when you take a look at uh, DJ's career from 2008 to present day, there might be some numbers that surprise you. We'll go through them next, and we'll hear from Dustin Johnson post-victory Sunday evening from Cronwall, Connecticut. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Speaking of Golfway Tours, I saw TJ Rule yesterday, gentlemen, and we are trying to button down the reboot of our Ireland trip. We were supposed to go to Southwest Ireland this year. I had a group going in August, and we have you know, obviously pushed that back. No reason to explain the reasons there. So now we're trying to tighten that one down to July, end of July next year during the Olympic break. I'm going to head over and do the Southwest Loop. And if you're interested in travel, and if you're interested on you know getting ready, changing plans, or places that you might be able to actually go this year, including this fall and winter, uh, TJ is a guest on our video podcast this week that drops tomorrow. So uh, check that out on tsn.ca. Big week for Dustin Johnson, boys. Welcoming back in Adam Scully, Weeksy. DJ falls outside the top five in the world for the first time since early 2016. And what's he do? Follows it up with a victory. It puts him right back to number three in the world. Really the highlight round three, a bogey-free effort of 61 at TPC River Highlands. But I don't know. I don't know where to kind of start on this one. Uh, Bob, I'll start with you. you know, historically, this is impressive. Um 21 wins since 2008. Only Tiger has the same amount. Those are the top of the food chain. 13 years now in a row with the victory. Only Tiger at 14. Jack and Arnie have had historically more annual runs of victories with his 13-year run. Statistically, though, I don't know. I don't like. It, it wasn't. It, is DJ back? I guess is my question. I know it's a win, but there were some real good bounces uh, down the stretch that certainly went his way. And if you look at the numbers in this one, you know, he hit 50% of his fairways, only 66% of his greens. This was not a, necessarily a dominating performance. The numbers don't speak to 19 under, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I think anytime you win, you get breaks that go with you and, and you get breaks that other guys have that go against you, but for you, in other words. 
So I think you take him any way you can get him. And I, I think if you look where he's been the last little while, we know he played most of last year with that um, injured knee. He had the arthroscopic surgery after the Tour Championship. He didn't play a lot after that. By his own admission, he wasn't really grinding uh, during the pandemic on his game. We sort of saw that during the uh, the match that he played with Rory and the gang. Um, so I think that he's got himself into a position now where, A, he's finally healthy, and B, I think he's working on his game, and C, perhaps the most important, seems like he's coming out of the putting funk. He's been working with a coach. He's taken the, the – remember how much he was focused on an alignment line on his putter? Remember that, Mark, when we were down in yeah. Carlsbad? We saw Bill Price walking across from the, the shop with about six putters with different alignment aids, but this one has nothing. He's using the line on the ball. He's got that trust putter working. So I, I kind of think he's uh, he's playing pretty good golf right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's back yet, but he's certainly uh, playing the best he's played in a year for sure. Yeah, interesting. Strokes game putting 2.190 on the positive side. He had two hybrids in the bag. Two hybrids in the bag this week to pick some specific numbers scully for you is it was it just a matter of getting the putter work uh, working is it that simple i know to bob's point just maybe getting away from being so bloody neurotic you know that you use that term i fell in love with the line i forgot to hit it well there's more to that phrase that, than just that you know it really when you get so focused on that and, and so narrow online you can freeze as a putter i think a lot of that was happening to dj uh, where are you on this victory? Yeah, it's it's a big victory, obviously, for Dustin Johnson. And as you guys were mentioning, the putting, obviously, very crucial. And he was fourth in the field in strokes gained putting at the Travelers Championship with that trust putter that we gave away last week on Golf Talk Canada Radio. So I'm sure people will be sprinting the stores to go pick up a nice trust putter. Uh, and and that, that even keelness that Dustin Johnson always has. You know, if he makes a birdie, if he shoots 60 or 80, there's no difference in, in his expression. And as Mark, we discussed on the Golf Talk Canada video podcast, he had some breaks on, on that second nine, you know, hitting it out of bounds and bouncing back to make a, a birdie on a second ball to make bogey on that par five, nearly hitting it into the water on the short par four, rolling up the, uh, or taking off his socks and, and shoes and, you know, recovering to make four. It's that even keelness that is always, it's helped DJ. And I, I think this was a big victory for him. You know, it was his first victory since, uh, Mexico last year. Yes, he had the two runner-ups at majors in 2019, but other than that, it was sort of a lost season for Dustin Johnson, was it not? Yeah, you've, you, it starts to feel that way, and, and now with the victory, we can change the narrative. I, I've got a question for both of you gentlemen, but before we get to that question and talk about the rest of this year, the rest of this campaign for Dustin Johnson, DJ had the opportunity, <clears throat> of course, to speak with the media following his 21st career victory at the Travelers Championship Sunday night. Let's hear from a recent winner, Dustin Johnson. I put in the work, so, it, you know, I feel like, you know, I put in enough hard work to where my game should be should be spot on all the time. Obviously, you know, coming off of, of an injury um, or surgery, you know, last fall and then only playing a couple tournaments before the, you know, before our shutdown, um, you know, so I didn't get really get a lot of golf to get back in a rhythm and then, you know, coming out. Like I said, I, I, I probably wouldn't have played Colonial if it would have been if it would have been a normal season. There's, I wouldn't have played there because um, I just wasn't ready. I like I said, I I, I tweaked my knee 
Um, you know, so I didn't get to prepare properly. And then I actually went home, I got an MRI and I actually had a, I thought it was my surgery that was uh, bothering me, but um, it was just a strained tendon. And so worked on that and, you know, worked on the game over, you know, during Hilton Head, I felt like the, it was really good. It was really close to being great at Hilton Head. And then obviously coming here, um, you know, really felt good, good about things. All right, so he's starting to feel good about things. He's starting to feel healthy. He's saying he put in the work, and now the work is paying off. He moves to 22 on the FedEx Cup points list. He moves to number three in the world. We're going to go, guys, TPC Harding Park, a very big ballpark, uh, tree line, but, but fairly wide in, in its corridors. Uh, wing foot, very similar in the sense. Now, depending on what the USGA decides to do to wing foot, we, you know, they might make it a kinder, gentler wing foot, or we could see what we see, you know, saw in I believe it was 1974, Hale Irwin. Um, and then, of course, Augusta. We're going to see the Masters, what we're calling the pumpkin, pumpkin spice edition of Augusta. But in all accounts, these are three golf courses that you think set up very well for three major championship shots for Dustin Johnson. Just like we articulated uh, at the PGA Championship last year at Bethpage, I, I hated to say it, but Bethpage last year for the PGA, it felt like, okay, well, either DJ Kepka or Rory's going to win this thing because it's a driving contest. Well, if it's set up that way, especially for the first two, Bob, I'll start with you. Like, If we go through another year here where DJ's still stuck at what at one major at what point does that start to become a huge story when we get to majors because the one thing that dj has been able to do in my opinion correct me if you think i'm wrong but guys like sergio garcia every single year they had to stand in front of the camera the mics went in their face when are you going to win a major when are you going to win a major obviously uh colin montgomery had to do that phil had to do that for the longest time at what point do you feel we're going to get to that level with the media where it's the mics in the face of DJ and it's going to be, when are you going to win your second major? Well, it's, it's probably in some ways overdue. He's been runner up in all four majors, at least tied for second anyway. And he's lost some of the majors in some horrific manners. We know, you know, you can just go back and think about the uh, whistling straights and bunker gate and the three putt at chambers Bay and the 77 at Pebble beach and the out of bounds ball of the open. And, I mean, it's um, it's just kind of it kind of is strange that he doesn't get that chirp more often. But I guess I guess maybe it's because it doesn't seem to really. I think it does bug him, but I don't think as to Scully's point was there's there's no change in his demeanor. So maybe the press just don't get what they're after. But um, it's it's hard to look at his major record and look at the rest of his golf record and and see the the difference in them. You know, he's he's. Uh, He's finished thirty. He's finished in his top ten. He's played two hundred and sixty-one golf tournaments. He's finished in the top ten thirty-six percent of the time. That's pretty impressive. Six World Golf Championship events. So he's done everything but win those majors. It seems. Um, but I think you're right. I think he's deserving of a little more pointed questions. As hey, when are you going to get number two? Quickly, Bob. Before we go to Adam on the same, uh, we got those three courses. To me, they all seem like places DJ should win or could win. They all set up well for him. In your mind, does one pop out of those three where you think, wow, that could be a really good week for him? Or is it just he's got three very good shots at adding a second this year? 
Yeah, I don't think there's one that stands out. I mean, the one thing about DJ, we think of him as, as a long ball hitter, but he's won on short and long courses. He's played well on short and long courses. So um, he's if, if his putter is working, you know, he's dialed in that wedge game now. I think he can play pretty much anywhere. And the, the runner-up performances at all the majors, to me, sort of indicates, indicates that. Adam, are we late to throw the heat at DJ? Is it coming soon? Are we letting him off the hook? Because to me, and I could be wrong, and maybe it's American media. Keep something else in mind here too, guys. Yes, we get to majors and it's international media and all countries are represented. But at the end of the day, at most majors, with exception of the Open Championship, it's, it's heavily weighted U.S. media. So maybe the way they treat Sergio Garcia or maybe the way they treat Colin Montgomery is very different than the way they treat... Myrtle Beach's own Dustin Johnson sitting on the one major in the 21 wins. Does that narrative change? Does he get more heat soon on this, Adam? And is there a course or a venue you think that maybe speaks to him more this year? Because I'm with Bob. I can't pick one that I think weighs him be- weighs in his favor. But I kind of think he's got a really good chance at all three this year if he's healthy and playing well, just because I think the style of golf is going to suit him very well at those three. Yeah, even if he, if even if the media does put some more pressure on him, I don't think he really cares. To be honest, you know, you mentioned Sergio, and Sergio was very honest with the media. He he shows his emotion on the golf course, whether he makes birdie or triple. You're gonna know he makes that. As as I mentioned before, Dustin Johnson's attitude, his demeanor on the course, is a big reason for his success. In terms of courses coming up here for the major championship season you know Harding Park you would think would set up for his game Wingfoot as well and obviously he's done well at Augusta but we mentioned Dustin Johnson as this elite bomber and of course he is but last week at the Travelers he was 46th in strokes gained off the tee in his press conference after winning he was saying that his tee balls were just not on for him and he really won it with his approach game and his putter so Bob as you mentioned if that putter can stay hot Dustin Johnson he's three in the world right now and I wouldn't be surprised if he climbs to number one and goes on a little run here from now until uh, the pumpkin spiced Augusta National Tournament yeah and don't be surprised guys if that uh, this is not going to take a long time for him to get that driver worked out you know even though Bombers have done well at the Travelers Championship because of the volatility risk reward you know uh, kind of way that golf course plays down the stretch it's not a straightforward driving golf course. It's it's got some funky angles, some places you got to cut off more than the other. You know, there's some there's some certainly some uh, different places off the tee. I think when we get to golf courses where maybe there's a little bit more big swinging, straightforward, right in your face type of golf holes, I expect DJ to get back nearer at you know top of the world with uh, when we talk about best all-around drivers of the golf ball okay you know what's uh, what's best all around guys three dub that's my favorite three dub best all around we're gonna do winners we're gonna walk coming up on the other side from the world of golf there was lots to get to this week this is gtc this segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. 
Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Well, welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we bring you a Tuesday edition of GTC. It is that time. Three dub winners, weird and what? And Adam Scully, you have the tea. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Well, boys, speaking of bombs this is a different kind of bomb my winner this week Mackenzie Hughes we spoke about him on Thursday as he shot 60 he scared 59 but shot 60 in the opening round but because he, he's my winner this week because of the two bombs he made on 17 and 18 on Sunday uh, both 48 feet on 17 just under 44 feet on 18 that earned him an extra two hundred and ten thousand dollars those two bombs alone moving up to 46 in the FedEx Cup standings, and Bob uh, wrapping up a pretty darn good week for Mackenzie Hughes. Real nice to see Mackenzie Hughes playing well, and uh, good to see him end that way after the frustration of Saturday and Sunday of kind of just tickling the edges with all those 16, 15, 14, 13-foot uh, putts. So good finish, and I'm sure he'll take that going forward and do his next event. He certainly will. Okay, boys, my weird this week. We all know the expression, when nature calls, we've all been there. But for Ian Poulter, there happened to be a hot mic just beside him. Here's my weird. Unfortunately, that was not that was not silent but deadly for Ian Poulter. He was not holding a whoopee cushion near him. I'm not sure if he had something bad for lunch, but oh. uh, Ian Poulter caught red-handed, I guess, uh, oh. letting out uh, some gas on the first tee at the Travelers Championship, Mark. So you want you want players mic, do you? Be very careful what you ask for. You might just get it. <laughs> yeah, when I first saw that, I, I replayed it about 14 times and died laughing every time. Uh, one of the better videos we've seen so far during the PGA Tour restart. My what this week, the Champions Tour released a video of players trying to uh, impersonate Bernhard Langer. He's almost got a similar, he almost sounds like Francesco Molinari a little bit. There's some monotone to him. There's not much excitement whether he shoots 80 or he shoots 60. Bob, did you happen to see this video? I did see it in the, in the European tour once again, you know, just brilliant. They did one a few weeks ago about the uh, trying to make a Zoom call with their top player. I mean, it's, yes. they, they have so much fun with their uh, social media. It's just great. It's awesome to see these tours showing some, uh, showing the, their players' personality on social media. Okay, Mark, the tea is now yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, my winner, gents, is uh, who Bob is sitting this week in Detroit, and I understand why, because it was a life-changing week for Will Gordon at the Travelers' Championship, getting temporary status on the PGA Tour, uh, using his sponsor's exemption at the Travelers' Championship to make the most of it. He played beautifully all week. Well done for him. He got, guys, just over a year ago, he was at Vanderbilt, and was uh, SEC Player of the Year. And you fast forward a year later, and, and now he's in the mix with the best players in the world and doing what, you know, trying to do what Victor Hovland and Colin Marikawa and Matt Wolf have done in, in such a short window. 
It is amazing to me. He'll have to earn now. It's a tough road. He's going to have to earn as many FedEx Cup points in a non-exempt category as what the 125 would have had uh, last year in order to keep his, uh, in order to get full-time status, permanent status for 2021. But, but Bob, does it, I don't know why, but it just continues to surprise me that I knew there's, there's always one or two guys like a Jordan Spieth that is beyond his years when he shows up on tour. But it seems now to me like this is almost more the regular, like the, the wave of these guys that are prepared to do great things on a big stage. Will Gordon now the latest. Yeah, and those are always feel-good stories, right? I mean, there's so many. Nate Lashley last year and even Corey Connors coming through a Monday qualifier to win. You just love the underdog story once in a while, and, uh, and that was great to see for Will Gordon. Yeah, now, my weird this week, Adam, I don't know if you saw this, Bob. I'm sure you guys have read this, and I'm not trying to be negative, Nelly. In fact, you know me, I try to be you know as positive as I possibly can most of the time, and I understand that the U.S. Open is going to not be an open. We're going to call it the U.S. Closed this year because it is, uh, you know, exemption categories to make up their field in this COVID environment. But did you see some of these exemption quarries, uh, categories? Uh, top two finishers on the Japan Tour Order of Merit. Order of Merit winners on the Asian Tour and Sunshine Tour. Uh, like, I mean... Why don't they just give me an exemption, Bob and I, for being team undefeated at this point? This reminds me of inviting <laughs> VJ Singh for a $5 NASA at your home club. He'll show up. I'm like, would it not be better to go deeper down the world golf rankings, deeper down the FedEx Cup, go to the main tour for these exemptions? Why are we going so far off the board on this, Adam? This is just a little weird for me. You know, Mark, it's certainly bizarre. So are you saying that Kyle Dubas and Jerry D, who came back to win that match today at TPC Toronto, should they get an exemption too to play in the U.S. closed? Well, at, th at this point with the U.S. closed, I, I don't see why not. We're just pulling these categories out of our hat at this point. You know, like unbelievable. <laughs> there is a Corn Ferry uh, exemptions, which is good to see. And, and no shot at the Japan or Sunshine Tour, but... Come on, guys. If I've got a chance at Monday qualifying on a tour, you probably shouldn't be getting into the U.S. closed. All right. And uh, finally, my what this week, guys, just very quickly. You know, I love my golf course architecture. I love traveling and experiencing new golf. And why not do it domestically? I know Cabot is a huge fan. You guys love Cabot. Both of you love Eastern mm -hmm. Canada. And why wouldn't you? I don't know if you saw some of the pictures. The Nest. Now, it was supposed to open July 1st. It's going to be pushed back to the end of July, but I got a peek at some photos of the brand new 10-hole par-3 short course happening at Cabot Links, now the third course. Wow, spectacular. So if you needed another reason to go, you just got one. You shouldn't have needed a reason, but now you've got a third one. It looks absolutely phenomenal. What a great little small course. Okay, Bob, the tea is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, my winner this week, guys, is uh, Canadian golf, specifically Canadian men's golf, because for the first time in the history of the official world golf rankings, we have three players inside the top 100. Adam Hadwin, Corey Connors, and sneaking in at number 98 is Mackenzie Hughes. 
And there's a good chance we can up that because Nick Taylor is now number 101. And when he comes back to play in a couple of weeks, all he has to do is probably get himself a half-decent finish and we can get four and keep the other guys up there. So not only is it really interesting to see all this, but it now becomes very interesting in a race for the Olympic team. I don't know. What do you think about that, uh, Scully? Yeah, you know what? You're right, Bob. It's uh, the race for the Olympic team is, is going to be awesome to see. And it's pretty crazy as well that the one Canadian who has won on the PGA Tour this year is the, old, the lone guy outside the top 100 <laughs> in the world right now. He'll be playing, obviously, closer to the PGA Championship. But it, it's a great time to be a, a fan of Canadian golf. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do here on the PGA Tour the rest of the season. All right, my weird is if I told you that uh, six guys played 54 holes in 54 hours, you wouldn't think that was, you know, that all that extravagant, right? Three rounds of golf. Mm -hmm. But I want to tell you where these guys played. These guys, first of all, <laughs> live in Whitehorse in the Yukon. The first 54 holes they played, or the first 18 holes they played was in Whitehorse. Then they jumped in the car and drove five hours to Watson Lake. Then they played some more golf and drove from Watson Lakes to Faro. That's a nine-hour drive. Then when they finished there, they drove from Faro to Dawson City, and that was a six-hour drive. So they started playing golf on Thursday, and they finished on Saturday afternoon. It was a tour of the Yukon golf courses, and I think it's a little weird, but congratulations to those guys for going all out to, uh, to see a little bit of the country. That's what you can do, I guess, in the pandemic when you live in the Yukon, because there's not much going on up there other than some pretty good golf. So uh, they, those, these six guys, anyways, had a lot of fun. Have you ever done, been on a, like a long drive road trip, Mark? Uh, tons, and I've done a bunch of them um, up and down the eastern seaboard, and they're a blast. But when I saw this story, Bob, I instantly thought of you when I stumbled across this. And my one <laughs> question for these guys originally was, why? Why do <laughs> yeah. this? And then, but then I realized, well, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> And uh, my what is, uh, what a story of a guy by the name of Reef Calder. Reef Calder is from Calgary, and he was playing in a little Calgary, they have a Calgary Golf Association. He was playing in the match, a match in the match play event there when he heard from down below someone screaming for help. This kind of goes back to the story I told the other day. Anyway, mm -hmm. without waiting, he told his partner, he said, uh, you call 911, I'll go down and see what I can do. He raced down, he could see an inner tube floating in the river, and it was about, 30 feet up the river from where he was, somebody just tumbling and going under and tumbling and going under. So he ditched up, took everything out of his pockets, took off his shoes, waded into the river and managed to grab a kid who was tied up, uh, I guess tangled up in this inner tube, grabbed him, picked him up, pulled him over. He was non-responsive, but he pulled him over to the shore and uh, he started coming around. He threw up, I guess he had a lot of water in his face and they wrapped him up and they uh, saved, basically saved this kid's life. So fast action by Reef Calder uh, and there's no uh, no word on on what the result of his match was but but I think I think he I think he won the day let's say that yeah. anyway Oh Bob before uh, before we wrap here on the uh, celebration of uh, Canadian golf which was your winner this week with the first time having three Canadians inside the top 100 in the official world golf ranking and Nick Taylor about to make it four as a follow up to that guys we have four Canadians right now inside the top 50 on the FedEx Cup point list. 
four Canadians inside the top 50. Of course, Nick Taylor leading the way at 25 with the win. So to your point, Bob, wow, men's Canadian awesome. golf right now. Really awesome. We're going to take our final break. Hey, Scully, before we take our final break, I don't yeah. know, you heard Bob and I off the top today chatting a little Fox and them out of the U.S. Open and uh, NBC in. And I recall doing a winner's weird and what last year around the U.S. Open, and your winner was the Fox TV broadcast that you were kind of on the same board as Bob and I that we thought that it was uh, major improvements to the Fox TV product, and uh, you you were all over that. What did you think? What was your uh, what was your gut reaction when you saw that announcement this week? There out NBC back in. You know what? I was initially disappointed. I was disappointed. You know, given how much uh, creativity they'd add to the broadcast with a moving pro tracer, uh, many other different angles, some of the final hour commercial free, um, having microphones in the cups. I thought that was a really cool feature where maybe you'd hear a couple guys grunt as they, you know, pick up a four footer or you'd hear, oh, you know, Justin Thomas say that broke way more than I thought. Of course, when they started back in 2015, that tournament was a bit of a... Uh, uh, a gong show, if you will, uh, just at that golf course in general is tough to broadcast and some of their technical aspects didn't work. But I was disappointed to see Fox out. Um, we'll see what happens here going forward. But they brought something different to the golf viewer and the, and the golf broadcast, and I think they'll be missed for sure. Well, one player uh, thankful that maybe there won't be mics in the cups, Ian Poulter. <laughs> <laughs> all right on the other side adam thanks for jumping in we will talk to you actually adam you'll be uh hosting thursday yep. with bob as i will be uh efforting uh play-by-play pg tour radio on thursday so uh we will see you on the video podcast tomorrow afternoon on tsn.ca and yes, thursday sir. in this chair thanks scully have a great day bob on the other side we're going to wrap up today's show get you caught up on 20 weeks of TaylorMade, and uh i want to know what's happening on with uh, bob week's golf game i have it's been very quiet on bob week's golf game <laughs> i want an update if he's still uh, hitting bombs with his sim max this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by smartgolfdeals.com was brought to you by the muskoka bay club live stay and play at our award-winning championship golf course visit muskokabayresort.com today This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. A clickety-click barba-trick. Where did that two hours go? Where did they go? I just flew by. Thank you, Lawrence Applebaum, for jumping in and joining Bob and I, Kyle McFarland from Golf Ontario on the Youth Youth on Course program. Busy show. Uh, Bob and Adam back in these chairs Thursday, 12 to 2, right here on TSN 1050, as I will be in Detroit doing play-by-play for PGA Tour Radio. And Bob and Adam back in these chairs again Saturday morning, although I will be calling in and joining you gentlemen for that and uh, telling you a little bit about my experience. My first time inside the ropes since COVID-19 hit on let you guys know what it's like to be uh, at a PGA Tour event. 
Um, Bob, they're not letting me into the media center. They are trying to limit traffic everywhere. So smart decision. They have pulled broadcast media and kind of left us all in the TV compound. So, you know, my access to shot link and, and whole locations and, and the stuff I need to kind of do my job uh, will all be in the PGA Tour entertainment trailer in the in the TV compound, which will give a little bit more room and space for the writers and some of the local media uh, in the media center. Makes sense to me, I guess. You're an entertaining guy, so you should be in the entertainment center, I would think. That <laughs> makes sense. Now, speaking of sense uh, entertaining, me. speaking of entertaining, <laughs> have you been entertaining the masses at uh, Western Golf Club with your Sim Max driver? Like, have you been mum on the golf game? How's the golf game? Have you been playing? Uh, golf game was pretty good. I played Sunday morning, had a really good, uh, really good go. Didn't score all that well. Went out last night for my Monday evening nine holes with my uh, pop. And we got it around and uh, and enjoyed for the first time also. I enjoyed a beer on the patio after our nine holes. So that was pretty good. And uh, moments after we get off the air here, I'm going to jump in the car and head over to Oakdale, which is a golf course that I have never played. I think it's one of the few in Toronto that I have never teed it up on. I'm going to play there with Jordan Klein, who's the professional, and a old pal from the, the old days of the Canadian Tour, Bob Beauchemin. So I'm going to have a little fun over there. Bob, please pass along that yours truly, also the only golf course I have never played in Toronto. Amazingly, that you and I both have the one course, and Isn't it's the wild? same course. Isn't that amazing? What are the odds? You would have of that? thought there were. A, well, you would have thought there would be a lot more courses in this city that would have kicked us out and not let us play. <laughs> this, is the, <laughs> this is the only one. <laughs> but oh, I'll give you a full is... report when you get back, and it's. Uh, it's uh, it's you know been in the rumor mill about possibly hosting mm -hmm. a Canadian Open down the road, so we'll see. Yes, it has, Bob. You have a great week, and thanks for jumping in as you always do to help us uh, out here to to take more of the heavy lifting. You and Adam on Thursday, why I'm last, off in Detroit. And, and last, just I just have one last bit of advice for you. Enjoy that nasal swab. Thank you, sir. I will enjoy the nasal swab in Detroit, Rock City. Okay, Thursday, talking a little travel Thursday with TJ Rule from Golf Away Tours. We're also going to have great Canadian golf moments to celebrate Canada Day. Everybody, enjoy your week. Enjoy your Canada Day. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada as 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues. And remember, first good decision on the golf course. It always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.